The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 16th, 2023, season 19, episode number 72. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we got our crew here with us. Patrick is out today, uh, but we got Brian, we got Amber, and we got Cowboys versus Carolina Panthers. And at some point in this show, Brian is going to stand up and dance <laughs> for dance. us. I don't and, even know uh, what it's called, that one dance. I don't know the name. It was, it was, it's on your it's social the, media. Do it, do it. Right, do it left. I it's it's left, right, left, left, right, left, right, something like that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Were you having problems with the left, right footwork there? Looked like a little, yes. like a right tackle. Yes. Some people are not born with that kind of skill. Oh, okay? some it can, takes a lot of coordination. Some can paint, and some can dance. Exactly. Right? There you go. Exactly. Okay. Lean into whatever God gave the, you. Yeah. yeah, lean into whatever God <laughs> gave you. Being Dominican though, that you could have you have that. You know, that, that's that the kind rhythm. of shame I bring up on my own people <laughs> is the fact that I'm. Probably me and my brothers. They claim they can dance, but they can't. Um, but yeah, we we're not good dancers. My mom can dance really good. Everybody in my family. My dad is a big dancer, but that's interesting. Mom and dad can dance. Yeah, what, but what happened? Yeah. None of y'all could. What yeah. happened there, Ag? Yeah, I don't know. Not y'all were busy doing other things. Let's put it so. like that. Painting. Yeah, painting. There you go. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start with our injury report. Uh, Patrick's not here to give it to us, but that's a good thing because the Cowboys' plat- uh, injury report is basically empty. Like empty. they they don't have go. any. They have guys on it, but they all had full participation in practice. There you go. There was one thing that stood out to me though that I thought was interesting. Tyrant Hendershot. Hendershot. Oh, Hendershot. Hendershot. Open his window. Yeah. Um, what 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 can he provide for this offense at this point? Is there anything you can expect it for him to provide at this point coming back from injury? Well, it would be interesting to see what that looks like because prior to the injury, he wasn't doing a whole lot. Like even from the start of training camp, I don't know what it was. I don't know what kind of funk he was in, but he, he just was wasn't having a successful start of. 2023 season like uh it it seemed to me that maybe a lot of it was mental because physically prior to the injury he was fine he was physically fine last year he did a really good job given what was asked of him to do and his role in the offense but then all of a sudden um I don't know if it was the addition of them drafting Luke Schoonmaker maybe that got into his head or what this is just me trying to find reasons this is not anything that heard or seen myself but i don't know if if it was that the the arriving of schoolmaker and maybe him getting too much into his head but because there were a lot of instances that he would mess up not catch a ball or something and he would have that conversation of dad kind of saying hey it's okay like i would see that like him reassuring him like hey it's fine bro like you got this, blah, 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 and then they would go, and then, yeah, he might catch the next ball and uh, and like that. But right now, I don't know what that could look like for him 
him coming off that injury because prior to that it wasn't. I think going she nailed well. it. I think she absolutely nailed it uh, with with him. And there are people in the organization even before last season. They were you know guys were talking about hey watch this Hendershot watch and then you kind of he has some productive plays mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden then Ferguson just completely outplays him. They draft Schoonmaker. And now maybe you're a little bit, you're not so sure about what your role is really going to be. But there were a lot of people in this organization that were that were talking about that they felt like that Hendershot might have been above Ferguson yeah. at points of time of, of last mm-hmm. year. And then here they are, they go out and draft a second round tight end. It doesn't seem like it's bothered Ferguson all that much. But then Hendershot gets hurt. Uh, you know what? It's a capable player. You know, it's it's to me, it's, you know, I, McEwen, I know there was a lot of guys, Bobby and I did a podcast yesterday, uh, Love of the Star, and Bobby's like, I want to see more of the Michigan tight end. And I go, me too, man. I'm on this schoonmaker thing by myself. I feel like it's, no, McEwen, the other Michigan tight end. <laughs> and I went. Be clear. <laughs> and I went. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. He said, "I want to see more of the Michigan tight end," yeah. and I immediately thought of Schoonmaker, <laughs> and he was talking about McEwen, right. and so that. But I, I think having Hendershot and and Schoonmaker and Ferguson, and I, I think that you, it presents a little bit of a different group. Maybe things have had a chance, like Ambar said. Maybe he's settled down. Maybe the injuries kind of put him in a place like, okay, I just need to go out and play now. I've got, you know, a couple of months here to kind of figure out a help and be the type of player that I can be. I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. The one guy that was surprising yesterday, we were thinking Tyron Smith practiced, mm. and we were kind of thinking that it was one of these practices. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now they told us Tyron Smith's not going to practice. Is Tyron Smith because he wasn't on the injury report? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was like a walkthrough practice, yeah. is what it was. So it wasn't like a real practice. Mm-hmm. It was more Where of he's a running around, banging yeah, into yeah, guys. All yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. It was more of a walkthrough type of a speed practice. So now you're like going, oh, okay, you know, because you're thinking, please, Tyron, don't get hurt in practice because you don't see him on the injury report. That was the one that got my attention. But I'm glad you brought up Hendershot. Yeah, you know the interesting thing about Hendershot, and this is this is just my own perspective. Um, I had actually, until I saw the injury report, I'd actually kind of forgotten yeah. that he wasn't around. That and that's the hard part about yeah. this is, and that's why I asked the question the way well, I did is how somebody. does he fit? Is when someone is gone and out you don't even realize yeah. they're not there until yeah. they're ready to come back, then you're like, what did they really miss? I don't, I don't know that there was a role that he had that they missed when he wasn't there. And that's the part where, I mean, it's not like he's the best blocker. It's not like he's the best whatever. You know, you can't find that role of, well, without him, they don't have this. And that's the part that makes it tough, to, especially in an offense where they got a lot of guys wanting the ball, right? They got a lot of guys that that should be getting the ball. It just makes it tough. What happens is when you play games and you manage to win and you have success without him, then the push to get him back ready to go is not that. Yeah. Serious. It's like okay, we can take our time with this a little bit. We don't have to push him, you know, try and make it a, to for him to come back potentially a week early. We can let this thing ride, and then you know when he's ready, he's ready. Yeah. And you know the, the Cowboys, in a way, kind of, I think they really hate making roster moves when it comes to taking somebody off the roster completely. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think they I, I don't think they're it. You know, who who's the fifty first guy? Who's the fifty second guy? Who's the fifty third guy? They do, they love their players, 
they love their players to the point where if somebody were to come back or they had to go claim a guy or they had to you know, make a move, it is hard for these guys to make a move. I don't know with the personnel guys, you know, maybe a little bit more. But the coaches, they Mike McCarthy, he loves his team. He loves his guys. Yeah. And so when you start talking about adding guys and having to subtract guys that are playing, it, it's hard for these coaches to, you know, to to get rid of a guy. They just don't want to do it. But also for the tight end position. Um, Hendershoff wasn't like the the best guy at blocking, so he no, he wasn't no. here to block, mm-hmm. and that would be more Sean McKeon, and then yeah. Schoonmaker. That yeah. was one of his traits. I just spit all over the place. Um, yeah. Schoonmaker uh, will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, but okay. Um, but. Them too, and then you look at the receiving aspect of things, catching the ball. It's not like they've shown a whole lot of priority in targeting Jake Ferguson. So right. the position itself, it's already lacking as far as uh, how much you're using it. So it's just it's hard to kind of really envision a role for him right now in what's left of the season. The one, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I, I was going to say this. If I can offer uh, just a, a one of my being wrong about the tight end position. I feel like that I was wrong about Schoonmaker in a way of him being a plug-and-play blocker. Mm-hmm. I felt like watching him play at Michigan and the way that they play with that physicality and the way they run the ball, and they're, you know, they're one of the top four teams in the country right now, they still have that physical element to them. Where I misevaluated Schoonmaker is that ability, not so much as the catching. I thought that the catching part of that would, would be there. I really do. He's had some drops that are the, the, they're really inexcusable, concentration lacks, you know, stuff that you didn't see. Where I misevaluated him was plug and play as a blocker. I thought he is going to be plug and play, and they'll be able to run the ball. They'll put him in, and they'll run the ball behind him, and he'll be effective and all that. He is far from being that guy right now. Yeah, he really, really is. And if you, if you, you know, and I know there's a lot of people they'll throw the word busts and all that, but. You know, I just remember Dalton Schultz and guys like that. That that the first couple of years just non-factors, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're factors. I'm willing to give Luke Schoonmaker, but just me admitting what I thought of the player coming out of college was wrong in the way of how he. I thought he can immediately just go in and play, and it's been really hard for him in that way. Just out of curiosity, where do you have Laporta? I had actually Laporta above Schoonmaker, okay. but I had him in the, in the second round. Yeah. Is and they went close him. together. Yeah, they were. But, Laporta yeah. for Detroit's played really He's well. Played really uh, well. The, the kid at Buffalo has played. Uh, Kincaid mm-hmm. has, but Kincaid, you know, everybody, everybody pre-draft and leading up to even moments when we went on the air here in the studio, were thinking that Cowboys were going to look at uh, Kincaid, the tight end from Utah. Yeah. He was going to, he was, that Dallas was going to take Kincaid. And then all of a sudden, some whispers started happening, you know, among our group that Laporta was a guy Mm -hmm. that they really, really liked from Iowa. And so that's, that, that tight end group was actually a really good group. Yeah. Uh, You know, and, but, you know, everybody's looking at all the other ones that have been selected and then they see Schoonmaker and then they're going, ah, they missed out on that one. Yeah. You know, that's, that's when they missed out. Now, give him an opportunity, but, but also, if you want to blame somebody for maybe misevaluate him, look at me. You know, I, I'm willing to say that I thought he could be a plug and play player. He just can't be that right now. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you you hit the nail on the head from the standpoint of you got to get these guys sometimes a little yeah. bit of time. I think sometimes we see guys come into the NFL and immediately have a splash, 
And so we think everybody has to do it right. that way. And I don't think well, that's necessarily the case. You see a lot yeah. of good players in the NFL that it takes them a little bit to get going. Well, that's with Mozzie Smith is a really yeah. good example. And, you know, Mozzie Smith, and we had Brian Baldinger on from the NFL Network yesterday. And, and, and Brian was talking about Mozzie Smith, one of his better games. And you watched him and, you know, and Dan Quinn talked about it and all that. And, you know, the thing with the unfortunate thing for Mozzie Smith is everybody sees what Jalen Carter at the Philadelphia Eagles is doing. Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen Carter at one time before he got in some kind of the off the field situations, a lot of people talked about him maybe being the first overall pick yeah. in the draft. And so now you're kind of thinking, well, wow, you're comparing Mozzie Smith to Jalen Carter, which is really not fair. They're, they're both both have similar traits with strength and one is much quicker, more active, and all that. It's not that Mozzie doesn't can't be Jalen Carter one day, but it's just right now he's he's having to develop a technique and play a different style than what Jalen Carter played at Georgia and now is playing with the Eagles. There's a huge difference yeah. in talent and and traits of a top first round pick and yeah. a pick first round pick in the, in the mid to late twenties. Yeah, right? 20, it's, it's just different. Yeah, pick twenty one. Sometimes pick twenty six is better than pick one though. Sometimes it happens. Every, every, yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while, like pick 21, you're like, man, they stole a guy here. Yeah. They stole one here. And yeah. I think Mozzie's going to be that type of guy. But I just wanted to I just wanted to throw out there about what my thoughts were about, about Schoonmaker. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll dive into the Carolina defense. We've got a lot of things we got to try to figure out on mm. that defense because although this team doesn't have a great record, this defense is performing quite well when you look at them ranked relative to other teams in the NFL. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to the break. How about this? Sean Polite is your 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, and now he needs your help. Vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, and we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right. Let's talk about the Carolina defense. Uh, I want to start first, Brian, with their pass rush. Tell me who is their, their the, the pass rusher that we should be most concerned about going yeah. into this game. Yeah, it, it's Brian Burns. And Brian Burns is listed as a – they play a 3-4 front. That's their base with the three down linemen and then the linebackers, the four linebackers. And Brian Burns is primarily they, their best pass rusher. He's listed as a linebacker. It's very similar. Um, I kind of compared it to him with what Terrence Steele is going to have to deal with when he played against Hassan Reddick, mm-hmm. that, kind of, that kind of player. And you're going to get Burns. You know, Reddick plays the one side, but Burns will play both sides. When you look at his where his alignments are, it's it's really on both sides. But this guy is an extremely productive player when it comes to rushing the passer. When he gets, I mean, he's one of these guys that when you watch him play, you're like, my gosh, how are they going to stop him here? You know, I mean, single blocks, things like that. I mean, he's he's hard to deal with because he's just got. His first step is just it gets so much ground. So now you're a blocker and you're trying to, you know, you, you want to get your hands on him, but he's already on you because his first step has got to you. And now you're struggling to get your hands on him to get him on clean. He's, like I say, the first step explosiveness, the overall speed, the pass rush moves. Uh, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. You're going to have to account for this guy really every single play. When you look at the Carolina defense and their pass rush, right now they are ranked fifth yeah. in blitz percentage. They blitz they do. more than most teams at 37.3%. Right. But here was the interesting part. They're 31st in pass in pressure percentage, right. only at 30.8%. It's a weird defense. So really, my, yeah. my question becomes, yeah. is, is that a, a an indicator that they really are you know much better on the back end and they kind of expose – they expose their back end to a lot because they're blitzing, which means they got less people back in coverage, and they're not getting home, and they're not even getting pressure a lot of the times. Burns is their best rusher, and everybody else, I will say this, Derek Brown, who plays, they've got some big-body guys, so they're not the best when it comes to – Burns is the nifty guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody else are big slug guys, big-body push guys. And so what happens is – He's the primary guy, so they have to blitz. They have to blitz to create other opportunities because none of their other down linemen are going to get home. Not that often. It's really, really difficult. Derek Brown's the one that's got the best chance to play. He's very similar to how they, what they dealt with, in my opinion, to Dexter Lawrence, mm-hmm. that kind of guy. Big body, push, 
you know, can can kind of kind of make some things happen to create. You know, he's one of those guys that creates a new line of scrimmage the way that he plays. But the the, the thing about it is, Derek, it, and I was curious about this because the metrics will tell you that this team faces the least amount of pass attempts in the league or drop back mm. passes. They're last in the league when it comes to when it comes to facing drop back passes. And I I was curious because I was wondering how do they play how they play in so much coverage? How much what, what's the deal? Okay. They've given up they've given up only only the Giants have given up more rushing touchdowns than these mm-hmm. guys. Okay. They, the Giants have given up 16, they've given up 15. They've allowed 4.3 yards of carry. That makes them 24th in the league when it comes to defending the run. They're ninth in the mo- in the league with the most rushing attempts faced. They face the ninth most rushing attempts. So what's happening is they they they've had a problem defending like outside runs mm-hmm. is another thing. When you watch them on tape, it's like oh, balls getting to the corner on. They're thirtieth in the league when it comes to ball on edge. So we saw last week with the Cowboys. Remember the toss sweeps, trying to get the ball on the outside, not run the ball at Dexter Lawrence, try and get the ball on the edge a little bit more. So this team, I think they're facing less pass attempts because teams are kind of figuring out we can run the ball and have a little success on them. And but but if you look at you look at how they play, like and this is this is what I think is going to happen in this game because they play that cover three look with the single high safety, they're going to the teams that are that have big time receivers, Dolphins, Seattle, Detroit, those teams that have those kind of receivers. Mm-hmm. Played zone 94% of the time against the Dolphins. Played zone 92% of the time versus Seattle. Played zone 83% of the time against Detroit. They're going to play a ton of zone in this game against yeah. the Cowboys. They're absolutely going to play. And they're going to hope that they can get that they can get Brian Burns home. And maybe they're going to have to blitz a little bit more. But their 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 big blitz down, by the way, too, is first down. They, they don't wait till third down to blitz you. They come right off the bus. First down, they're going to come blitz you there. So I, I kind of feel like I feel like that they 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 want they're really, really worried about their run defense, you know? But they're but people have had success though, even though they've got the fewest pass attempts, if you look in their secondary and watch their and watch their guys play, you know, JC Horn is coming back. And he's been out since week one. Now he's their when you watch him play, he's their best press man corner. I mean, he is the one guy that can lock up a guy. Like if he gets on CD, he can lock CD up because of his ability, the ability to turn, to run, his size, his length, all those things. But the other corners with Dante Jackson and CJ Henderson, they they get a lot of coverage snaps. But the quarterback rating against them, and you could tell it on tape again, is really high. 119.6 against uh, Jackson. Uh, uh, 115.9 against Henderson. Teams are having success when they pass at those guys throwing the ball at them. Yeah. You know, they're not, it's like not a lot of attempts. But teams are having success doing it. You know, it's that- a weird, it's a weird thing because maybe for the fact that they struggle playing run defense actually helps them not get exposed as much in pass defense. 
you know what I'd also like to to figure out on that note is is it because because they have lost there've only been two games so far of they're all their losses. Yeah. There have only been two of them when they lost by less than uh seven points. Right. Um and so it makes me wonder if a lot of the fact that teams are running the ball a lot against them is based in the fact that you get a lead and then you they, run the ball. And you're just run, trying to run yeah, out the exactly, game, right? Yeah. And that that does make me wonder if yeah. that's really the reason. It's not so much that you see a weakness in their run no. defense as much as it is. It's just that's point of the game, and you're just trying to that's, run out the clock. That is, I, I I clearly think, I don't think anybody wants to deal with Brian Burns as a rusher. Right. I really don't. Uh, but, but I've seen teams run the ball at him and have success. Mm-hmm. So... I, it's 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 one of those strange things is like and remember they came in here, I think it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, where they were the number one run defense in the league, and Dallas and Dallas was Dallas was one of the top teams running the football as well, and it was going to be okay which was going to happen, and Dallas just slammed them in the running game, mm-hmm. and they came out of here and Dallas had a big win and all that stuff like that, but they ran the football. I, I think that's a little bit of I think their pass defense gets masked because of the struggle. I I could definitely see now the reason they struggle I think in the running game is they like to and we always talk about like move the front because you'll see them you'll see them move all their guys will take a step going say strong and then they'll try and fill with a safety or something so they're trying to cover all the gaps mm-hmm. but there's sometimes they don't cover all the gaps. And now the ball's through, and, and people are getting yards on. I, I can see Dallas in the running game trying a little bit of the edges, but just kind of take as blockers, take them where they want to go. If they want to go hard to the just move them that way, and then take the ball behind all the movement there. Yeah. And that's what teams have been able to, to do against this team, and uh, and have some success doing it. You mentioned the fact that they run a lot of zone. They actually right now are second in the league yeah. in percentage of plays, dropbacks that they play zone about yeah. 83% of the time. At this point, because we've talked about it, Dak has had great games versus teams that play that a lot matter. of man, yeah, play a lot of matter. zone. If you had to choose, which one do you think the, the Cowboys offense is more proficient going up against zone or man? I kind of feel like that, man, it seems like they make a lot of big plays and they play man coverage plays against these guys, yeah. though. Yeah. You know when they when they, the ability to, I know the San Francisco game was a little bit different because of the man. I mean they didn't. I don't think they expected San Francisco to play as much right. man coverage, but man they seem like they make some huge chunk plays when it's when they're dealing with they're running guys through. You know maybe they're using their picks and their rubs, but it seems like to me the separation that that uh, you know that Lamb has been able to get Cooks last week in the game with the separation. I I do feel like to me, just what I pointed out, I think that I think they're nervous about Dallas's secondary. I think you're gonna see a ton of zone in this game. Yeah. Just because that's in me, just going back, I'm like, okay, wait, okay, they play a lot of zone, but who are they playing it against? You know, look at Miami. Miami has weapons, yeah, speed. You know, they're trying not to give up the big play. The thing when you're playing the Cowboys, you gotta worry about the big plays. I think the Dak, I think they're going to play, but we'll see with J.C. Horn being back. The Horn could Horn could be great, or he could have a lot of rust. Right. You know, the rust factor could be a factor here, but he is the one guy that I feel like that if they said, okay, we're going to try and take C.D. Lamb out of this game. He's the one guy I think could go with Lamb 
and battle him the whole game. I don't think Jackson or Henderson can do that. Yeah. So let's know, go, let's go through the last four weeks where they've started changing offensively and being more productive. Yeah. So against the Chargers, what did they face there? It's more uh, more zone coverage there. Rams. That was zone. Eagles. That was that was both, but that was more man than zone. And then Giants. Yeah, a lot of zone. Well, I think the other thing to consider is it, they've played man differently. Like what yeah. I mean by that is the Cowboys over the last four weeks, really after the San Francisco game, they basically changed their offense a bit to where yeah. they yeah. are now yeah. got a ton of motion. Yeah, and it's what we talked about at San Francisco. Right. Like, you're not. There's no motion. There are. There's no compression sets. Yeah. Like they're not doing the things yeah. that create opportunities for you to take advantage of man press and not let them be able to get their hands on a clean right. press on the, right. on the receivers. After that game, I, I, I don't remember what the percentage was, but it's like some crazy jump in percentage of plays where they have pre-snap motion yeah. uh, now versus or the last four games versus what they were doing against San Francisco. Talk among yourselves. There's something in my scouting bag I want to grab. Right. It's a piece of paper. Talk among yeah, yourselves. But, but I, think that, I think that's really the point. If you want to talk about like where the difference is, it, you can't even really say like they were playing man here versus man earlier in the season because how they, so how they are say, attacking man is different. You would say it's not so much what the opponent is doing defensively. It's more so what the Cowboys have been able to start incorporating that's in my their offense. That is my thought because I again I feel like they against San Francisco they weren't doing the things that you typically would want to do when you're placing it playing a team that's playing press man coverage. Their corners aren't great in San Francisco. Yeah. They just played something that I don't think Dallas was necessarily no. They weren't for. ready. They weren't ready. And, for and, in, that. and in that way, they didn't do the things that that they probably should be doing. And as we see after that game, they now have incorporated incorporated those things into their their offense. I did a little project, and I should have grabbed my notes when I did it of C.D. Lamb of the you know he's been targeted 86 times, and he's got 68 receptions in those times. How many times do you think that uh, he's he's fa- okay? He's faced uh, single coverage. Uh, he's got 48 receptions against single coverage, okay. and he's got 20 receptions against double coverage. Mm. So that's of his 68. So when you watch him play, teams trying to take him. At, you know, if you try and double him, he's 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 seen 26 double coverage snaps. When and the he's ball, caught when, twenty of them, and he's caught twenty of them. <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's the that's the issues that you deal with when you're trying to play Ceedee Lamb. You're trying to think, move him around, which they've done a great job of doing. You yeah. can go back on the next gen and watch, and they and he's never really in the same spot. Yeah, he's all yep. over. I mean, you look at all his targets. So if you're going to travel. Now you, you're messing up your whole defense. That's, you're you're messing up the whole exactly, defense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So of his 68 receptions, like I said, it was uh, he, he, it doesn't matter whether you single cover him or double cover him. He's going to he's going to make plays. Refresh my. Do you remember? I I can't remember. Uh, but starting from 49ers and then before that, were, were they still moving him around a whole no, lot? I, it, I felt like it was more static hmm. with the way they were playing. I mean, just you know, okay. The tight formations, the slants, and things like that. It felt like to me there might not have been as much with that. I mean, there's some these the games after San Francisco are the ones that are really noticeable. San Francisco, yeah. where I had to find no, no, where I, where I had to find him. Like when you after the San yeah, Francisco, games, right. there are yeah. times you could watch and you're like, okay, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's mm-hmm. okay. He's there. 
And then after San Francisco, it was like, oh no, that's Lamb. that. Yeah, that's yeah. oh, Lamb? that's that's yeah. Cooks. Okay, wait. Yeah. yeah. Now you're looking for his shoes. You yeah. know, he wears like blue shoes. So now you're looking for the blue shoes in the formation. You know, and they're moving him around and bringing him in motion and things like that. So, the San Francisco game really turned yeah. this group around. Whether it was CD going to Dak and saying, "Bro, <laughs> come on, we got to do something different here." Because you watch this, you you watch CD Lamb's game against San Francisco, it was like this so just ordinary. It, and it, after that, it's been like all pro. It yeah. honestly uh, yeah. is the the one thing that gives me some hope. That the Cowboys, if they have to face the 49ers in the playoffs, can can change the tide of what's been happening the last several times that they've played them is if they would have employed then what they've been employing against these other right. teams. I, I really want to see now again, your defense is still gonna have to make some stops. And yeah. in that game, they just didn't they, they make stops no either. Stops, yeah. So the defense still gotta pull their their weight on that. Mm-hmm. But I do think the offense can score more points than they scored in that game, obviously. Yeah doing the things that they've been doing over the last four weeks. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back, talk a little bit about this Dallas offense. We may even get a question in or two. We'll see. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the break. 
All right, all right. What do we got here? Oh, kick off your holiday shopping the right way with an all new cow with all new Cowboys gear. Grab the best gifts for the best fans in the world at your nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience. Welcome back. Final segment of the Break Life Mess WBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Um, I'm actually going to start this segment with a question from one of our what? listeners. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Tasty Beverage is his <laughs> handle on, uh, on Twitter. His question is, do you think the combo of Cooks and CD will allow the run game to get going with the Panther to, Panthers and Commanders coming up? When you think about it, one of the things that, that I think going into the season, I think most teams probably looked at the Cowboys and said, you got to stop the run first. Yeah. And now that the offense is starting to explode in the passing game, you do you think that passing. flips it? Yeah, you, you got to stay. The one thing the Cowboys have proven that they could do is throw the ball and throw it effectively. You, you have to be terrified if you're a defensive coordinator of their chunk plays, yep. the big plays. I mean, they will, they will, they'll, they'll route combo you to the point where you lose track of where your guy is. They'll make it confusing for you. They'll make it hard for you. And then, you know, you'll see a play like up the sideline where, you know, CeeDee Lamb's wide open. You know, they lose, the Giants lose coverage uh, with the route combination. Next thing you know, here's Lamb going up the sidelines, ball, Dak finds him. You know that kind of thing. So yeah, it, if if you're the, if you're a defensive coordinator, Carolina has to be worried about Dallas's ability to throw the football and the run. I mean, if the if the Cowboys are running the ball, and I hate to say this, it's almost a wasted play. <laughs> it really, if you think about wow. it, if you're if you're going to average like you I mean, know three three point yeah. eight a carry on it or something like that, it's almost a wasted play. And on average, you're getting six, seven, eight. And then Dax throwing the ball. The Dax yeah. throwing the ball where he's nine yards a shot throwing it. Yeah. Nah. I mean, if you're you're scared to death of Dallas throwing the ball, you really are. And when he's completing 80 percent of his throws, yeah. like that's a crazy yeah. percentage completion percentage number. But when he's up there in the seventies, like it is, it's a situation mm-hmm. where you take your chances three out of four times. Yeah. He's going to connect on that pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a run does tend to be a little bit like, is it worth yeah. the, the the run? Run. run I mean, if you run the ball or try, if Dallas runs the ball against you, and you know you, then they get just their average. <laughs> you're okay with that. You know, you're not okay with giving up a 37-yard pass to Cooks, yeah. you know, or giving up a 41-yard pass to Gallup. You know, you're not that that's not that's not winning football right there. Well, let's be positive. You know me. What about the running game? You know me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no, I'm I'm what I'm trying to say if let's say defenses are now focusing more in stopping the passing game and stopping CD Brandon Cooks, maybe that forces you to get better at freaking running the ball, you know? Like, it, now you're being forced to really, really put a lot of... And that's not to say that, like, they're not putting effort in trying to improve the running game and all of that. But by doing... This is my focus in the first, in this next two weeks, really, before we get to Seattle, because that's when things start getting interesting. But this next two weeks... Um, is the running game. How much can they improve? And we've talked about it already uh, yesterday, what that December month can look like. And they have to. They If that means someone's forcing them to run the ball, to maybe force them to figure things out, then I would take that, obviously, if it means a win at the end of the day. Um, but they just they have to find some type of balance. I love, absolutely love everything they're doing in the passing game, but at some point you're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground. I hope I'm not hot taking this. I would start Dowdle over Pollard is what I would do. 
I think there comes a point in time where if you can establish what you want to do, Ambar, early in the game, all of a sudden you find a way, like Dowdle breaks a couple of runs. You know, it's a it's a four and a half yard, it's a five yard, it's a seven yard, it's an eight yard. You know, they're they're kind of running the ball that way. And I'm not saying it has to be like when Zeke was with was here and then they'd put Tony in in the second series and all that. I'm not talking about that. Run it, run it, run it, put Pollard in, run it, put Pollard in again. You know, kind of find a way to kind of find a little rhythm with the running game. It doesn't have to be a series-to-series thing. But I think starting Pollard, I think Patrick's on to something about the pressure that Pollard is feeling about being the primary back. Yeah. And I and we we maybe if you allow Dowdle, and this is the first time that Dowdle has been healthy throughout, you know, and, and knock on wood that it stays that way. But I I kind of feel like though that if you could find a little rhythm early in the game and get the offensive line a little uh, some good feeling about and find a couple of plays that you can run that you know okay they can't stop this play today, yeah. kind of find that play, find those two or three plays. Run those plays and just kind of wear that team out doing it, but maybe Pollard uh, being the starter has kind of put you back a little bit uh, in your running game. Yeah, I just think even even if teams decide that they want to have more people in coverage and and say we're going to stop uh, the passing game more, I'm still not certain that this running game is going to get a big boost because one of the things I've seen, and I'd be interested to see if if Brian, you've seen the same thing when you've watched the film, but. One of the things I've seen is it feels like there are a number of times when their runs aren't successful, and it's not because the guy didn't get to the second level. Right. It's because engage with the guy, yeah. the lineman. Lineman sees you. They're holding you. They shed the block. They make the tackle. Right. Like we've, I've seen that it's happen not a all number of times. So, so it's not just it's, it's not just a situation yeah. where if the linebacker's out of place, yeah. all of a sudden now the running game takes off. Right. I don't know that that's necessarily the case because I think right now, for me, a lot of the challenges with the running game exist with the offensive line just not sustaining blocks. See, I, I think you make a really good point because there but I also remember and you and I we all watched this play where the hole was in inside on the and okay, they they're pulling guys and you know uh Schoonmaker gets stalemated, uh the uh, uh, uh gets knocked down, yeah. Smith gets kind of in muddy water there. He can't do what he needs to do. But all of a sudden, they've got the backside sealed off, mm-hmm. and there's a <clears> hole <throat> where he can hit that hole. Where Pollard all of a sudden goes into the fray, the junk. goes yeah. into the fray. Where if he just if he hit it a little quicker behind the the scoop block that they had gotten there, then maybe there's a there's a six seven yard gain there. Right. Pollard's got to help the offensive line too. Yep. You know, if they if things are cluttered and muddied and all that. His vision and his quickness has got to be able to help the offensive line when it yeah. when it's not block clean, yeah. and that's where I think Dowdle's different. I think when it's not block clean, Dowdle is find the scene. He can find it, yeah. and that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. You're starting to become one dimensional, and that's not good. Like you have to be able to put on tape a few plays. Yeah. Because right now, I don't think any... Nobody's scared of your running game. Exactly. Nobody's scared of you, of the running game. Nobody's looking at that as a threat. So you have to put something on tape, a few plays at least. Yes, I think that is the traditional way you look at football. But right now, if you go across the best teams in the NFL, which ones of them have a scary running attack? Uh... I think I would worry. Well, you're talking about the top teams. Yeah, I'm talking about the top teams in Miami, the league. Like, Miami scares me yeah, running the ball. By the way, yes, you can put Miami in that yeah. category. 
just across the board, their offense is scary. Okay, like, everybody. Say, okay, I but would I, say, yeah, 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 yeah. I answer the question. Yeah, 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 you did. You gave me one. But Kansas City, no. Philadelphia, but, no. But like you go they down the still line, have guys with names that you're like, okay, Baltimore. we have to be aware Tony of this Pollard, person. But Tony Pollard is that guy is too. He? he has a name. Like he has a name. Is he there right now? He has a name. My point is, you said Obviously guys that have a name. A name but my, but. Po- my, <laughs> my point is, like, I don't think anybody's going into the game against Kansas City and saying, man, Pacheco, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what we're going to do with that Pacheco. Like, yeah. I don't think that's yeah. the case. I think there are a ton of teams out there that are at the top of the league that you look at their running game and you're like, okay, yeah, you don't want, you still need to stop the run because if you don't pay attention to them, maybe they can get some some gash runs on you. But the fact of the matter is, their passing game is everything. I would, I would think, maybe I'm wrong about this. I believe there's a lot of defensive coordinators now. We all talk about turnovers all the time. If you gave them a choice between having turnovers or not giving up chunk plays, they might say they'll take the, pl- they'll take the chunk plays. Oh. Please don't let me give up chunk plays. Yeah. You know, please don't let me turnovers. I mean, a lot of teams are to the point now where we just can't get people to turn it over, but we ain't going to give up any big plays. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're just not going to let you. We're going to make you. One thing teams have figured out with the Cowboys, too, is make them drive the ball. Make them drive the ball down the field. And eventually, and a lot of teams will make mistakes. They'll get a holding. You give up a sack. You know, you get a penalty. Something will stop a drive. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of teams are kind of thinking of that, about not just playing the defense, not to give up huge chunk plays. All right, that's a wrap. We will be back tomorrow. We'll wrap this thing up. We'll let you guys know what we think is going to happen this Sunday. Till then, from Brian Broaddus and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!